Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Glory be to the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever, the ages of all ages, amen. The Lord Jesus, when saying these words today, is showing us how precious it is to Him that those who hear His word and keep it actually keep it. This is very precious to Him, to the point that even when they told Him, Look, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you, He answered them, Who is my mother and my brothers? As you know very well, this is not the Lord taking away anything from who St. Mary is but just emphasizing who she is. That not only did she and does she accept his will in her life or bear him and bore him in the flesh, but she also kept his word. She does his will. We, uh, the Lord says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but do not do the things that I say? He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. So you notice St. Paul's words in today's Pauline epistle were very interesting. It's a very short passage today, but it has a lot of meaning. He says, now I urge you, brethren. So St. Paul is urging us. He's encouraging us. He's, he's beseeching us. He's begging us, saying, note those who cause divisions and offenses, contrary to the doctrine which you learned. So the Lord, in today's gospel reading, gives us this importance of hearing and keeping the word. And then earlier on in the same passage he says, a kingdom or a house divided against itself cannot stand. So St. Paul speaks to this division and offense. What, what are the causes of divisions and offenses? In other words, who are those who are of the citizenship of heaven? Who are those who manifest in their day-to-day -day Christian walk the behaviors and the characteristics and the virtues of those who are uniting the body of Christ versus causing division in the body of Christ. St. Paul gives us a very interesting uh, recipe. And he gives us, if you read Romans chapter 12, I, I encourage you to read that on a regular basis. Romans chapter 12 is a beautiful passage where St. Paul is describing the practical Christian walk, the day-to-day -day Christian walk. So he says, let love be without hypocrisy. That's the first thing he says, let love be without hypocrisy. Because love could be hypocritical. And of course, we all know hypocrisy is basically saying one thing, doing another, or showing a certain image of something and actually not really acting according to this image. So... He says, let your love be without hypocrisy. This is a prayer of the church regularly, whether in the prayers we hear or in audible prayers. He says, abhor what is evil. So things that cause division. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope. So far you hear, this is basically, he's telling us, this is what you need to do. This is the walk you need to walk. That's what he's telling us. 
rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. Then he goes on to say, distributing to the needs of the saints, so giving to those in need, given to hospitality. He says he wants us to be given to hospitality. He says, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. So if someone is rejoicing, be joyful with them and for them. If someone is weeping, weep with them and for them. Be of the same mind to one, toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things. Be asso but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. He finishes the chapter and he says, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is a very important verse to think of daily. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. There's a lot of evil, we agree. The world is full of evil. There are all kinds of things that cause us to shy away from the Christian walk because of the evil that surrounds us. But we are called to be the light and salt in the world. This is our calling. So if that's our calling, do we have a choice? We could say, I have a choice to refuse the calling. But we are asked and begged by St. Paul every day to walk according to this walk. He never said it's going to be easy. The Lord never said, you being a Christian is going to be an easy thing. Easy, easy Christianity is not Christianity. And easy Christianity is not really Christianity. The Christianity of Christ is the one that leads to the cross. But the cross also leads to the resurrection. St. Polycarp commented on, on this passage that's on the screen. He said, stand fast therefore in these things. So follow this list of practical Christian walking and practical Christian example. Stand fast therefore in these things and follow the example of the Lord. Notice how all these things St. Paul is listing, the Lord does them. In his, in his walk on earth in the flesh, this is exactly how the Lord behaves. Then he says, being firm in the faith and immovable, in love of the brotherhood, kindly affectionate to one another, partners with the truth. He also, St. Paul says, I want uh, this partners with the truth part. St. Paul says, those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. So we have to ask ourselves, what spirit are we led by? What is our spirit? He says, test the spirits. What spirit am I led by? Am I led by the Holy Spirit of God? And because of that, behaving according to these words, or am I led by another spirit? A lesser spirit. So he says, that's how we begin the partnership with the truth. Forestalling one another in the gentleness of the Lord, despising no one. Despising no one. It's, it's, it's a problem. It's alarming to have to say this. But it has to be said. In the Christian church, in the, in the body of Christ, there are those who despise each other. There are those who can proceed and receive the, the mysteries of God, the body and blood of God, and yet hate someone that received the exact same body and blood moments earlier. Or have issues that lead to a despising in the heart. St. Paul is telling us, and St. Polycarp emphasizing this comment on this passage, telling us we need to remind ourselves who we are. What is 
our legacy. What is the legacy we have? You know, like any decision we make has an effect, right? Like the decisions we take today affect or determine the story we tell tomorrow, right? You understand what I mean? Like if we again look at Pope Carolus's life, he basically inherited the church at a difficult time in her history. He was responsible for her as patriarch for 12 years. And then he passed it on to the next generation. And that was his legacy. But what he left for us is something even greater than what he had inherited. We have a legacy to pass on. It's like everyone carrying in a relay race carrying a baton, right? The, the, the baton that is carried across the circuit to get to the, to the get to the next member of the team. That's generation to generation. As it was, so shall it be from generation to generation. What is it that we are doing with this baton? Everyone knows what happens when, if the person carrying the baton at that particular moment drops it. What happens? Pardon? The race is over. The whole team becomes disqualified. Yet we're not, we're not called to disqualification. Ask yourself critically, what is your legacy? What are you leaving for the next generation? People say, well, is it about me? No, it's not about me. But it's for the next generation. A person may say, well, I mean, I just have to live my life, do my thing and move on. Yeah, but love does no harm to its neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law from generation to generation. So, people worry more about their reputation than their legacy. There is a huge difference between your reputation and your legacy. Your reputation is about you. It's all about you. What people think of me, what people want of me, what people see of me, that's my reputation. My legacy is not that. My legacy, it's not about me, it's about the next person. Think of you, those of you who have children, what kind of legacy do you foresee living your children? You think we want to do our best to raise them properly in the fear of God, take care of them, make sure they're healthy, make sure they're well fed, make sure this, make sure that. Some of you even plan to leave something for them in your will and testament as your legacy so that you make their life easier than maybe yours was or leave something for them to work with that's better than what you may have had. That's your legacy. It's not your reputation. But too often Christians, and we, we shouldn't have to say Christians, but we are talking to a Christian community here. We as Christians focus more on our reputation than our legacy. So when the Lord says, beware of this, a kingdom or a house or a church divided against itself cannot stand, too often there is a focus on the reputation of a person or the reputation of something more than the legacy that is left to the next generation. You all know Pope Carolus was a man, I'm sure most of you know, he was a man of very few words. He didn't say many things. And what he said was always for a reason and on point. You know what, what is one of the last things he ever said on earth before he died? Before he left this earth? Anyone remember? Anybody remember what he said? Anybody? Hmm? I hear stuff, but it's too far away from it. You might say it louder if you like. Take care of the church. Yeah, that's right. Thank you for whoever said that. Take care of the church. But he doesn't just say, take care of the church in that way. 
He said it with tears in his eyes. And he kept repeating it. Take care of the church. Take care of the church. Take care of the church. What did he mean? He says, note those who cause divisions and those who cause unification. Those who are causing unity. Unity is a very difficult thing to achieve, right? It's not a simple achievement. It's not like, oh, I can say, oh, just be united. And people are united. The whole world is struggling with all kinds of division. But the church needs to be that beacon of hope, of unity. Striving towards it. Working towards it. All the time. Of course, it starts with each and every individual. So, having said that, I leave you with this thought. Think about it with me and think, what, why is the Lord emphasizing this? He, that He says, and He emphasizes house divided against itself cannot stand the church divided against itself cannot stand the kingdom divided against itself cannot stand satan is all about division but we don't belong to satan we know that satan is about division so when there is division or causes for division then for sure we are not led by the spirit of god or we're not letting the spirit of god lead us fully in order to inhibit these divisions, we need to strive for unity. And the only way we can strive for unity individually, in our homes, in our lives, in our churches, is to insist and say, Lord, lead me by your Holy Spirit. I don't want to blaspheme against your Holy Spirit by denying your work in my life. I want to honor your Holy Spirit. I want to honor what you have given me. I want to honor the legacy that was given to me and pass it on as faithfully as possible. And saying the example of Pope Carolus is literally like someone who was carrying a baby. Like the way he cared for the church, the way he carried her, all the way till his departure from this world, as if he was carrying a child, a baby. Every one of here, anyone who's ever carried a baby has done so with utmost care and attention. Utmost. That's the legacy. Everyone is called to do this. And by doing this, the Lord says, You're my brother, you're my sister. You're my mother. He says, well, I thought he has one mother, St. Mary. Yes. But he's saying, I consider you as precious as that. When you choose this path, when you choose unity over division, when you strive for it and you pass on the word for sure, I mean, there is not everyone in the world right now sitting here to hear this. But every one of us is the Lord's light. Every one of us can be the light. Every one of us can say, I am representing the Lord. I will be the light of the world. I will be the salt of the earth, not for my reputation, but for his legacy. And I'll pass on this message to the next person. And when I'm sitting down with my friends and family later, I'm going to pass on the message. I'm going to strive for that message because that's our legacy. I will not be, I could tell myself, I will not be among those who cause divisions, whether in my home, whether with my spouse. Say, so, well, what if my spouse is the cause for division? What if I'm trying to be on good terms with people, but they're not working with me. They're not working with me. They're not cooperating. They're not this, they're not that. St. Paul says, as much as depends on you. You're not responsible for the behavior of the person next to you. You're responsible for your own behavior. So he says, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men and do not be overcome by evil. Overcome evil with good. That's the gospel in the next Sundays. We're talking about the end of time because we prepare for the, the Coptic New Year. The Lord says, because lawlessness will abound, the love of many grows cold. We can 
insist and say, Lord, grant me a fervent love, not a cold one. Grant me to not be overwhelmed by the lawlessness that surrounds me. Let me do something about my life. Some people are waiting for life to end. So they just sit there and waiting for either something to happen for their life to be over. That's not what we're called to live by. We're called to do our utmost with what we have until it's time to go home. You say, well, I, I wish I could just go to heaven now and have everything end. That's not your decision. That's not your call. St. Paul says, Yes, I have a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. It's way better to be in heaven to be down here. But he says to be here for now is more needful for you. I have work to do. He says, when I'm done my work, then I'll go home. I'm not done my work yet. Christians are not called to wait for time to pass. Doing that is exactly like the parable of the talents. Everyone knows the parable of the talents. The Lord gave to one five, another two, another one. And the one who had the five talents worked and worked and did whatever they could with their ups and downs and the mistakes and so on. And with their five, they gained another five. And they were told, well done, good and faithful servant. Then the guy who had two or the person who had two did the same thing and doubled their two, they became four. They received the exact same greeting and salutation and blessing from the Lord. Well done, good and faithful servant. Then there's that one who had one and didn't do anything with it. We cannot be, we cannot afford to be among those who have that one and just keep it hidden or on the side because we don't want to use it. We don't know how to use it. We're not sure who to ask how to use it. There's no blessing there. The Lord told me, what did you do with what I gave you? That was the, the message. So, well, I hid it. I buried it. It's over there. Go take what it is yours. I didn't do anything with it. I didn't harm it. I just hid it. I didn't give it to you to hide it. I didn't give it to you to bury it. I gave it to you to do something with it. Do something with what you've been given. This is what the call is for every Christian. Do something with what you have been given. Don't waste time. Life is not about time that can be wasted. There's no wasting of time. St. Paul says, walk wisely, walk circumspectly. Redeem the time, he says, redeem it. What does he mean by redeem it? It flows like water. It just goes. You can't pick it up again. Do something with it. Some people will take that message in the world versus in the Christian world. And the world says, well, you have one life to, to live. Do what you want. If you're in a midlife crisis, go and get what you want. Live how you want. Do whatever. Think about your next vacation. Think about what you're going to do to make yourself happy and comfortable and pampered. That is not the call. That's exactly like the person who took that one talent and buried it underground. He said, there it is, Lord. It's yours. When you come back, you can have it. There will be no blessing with that approach. I promise you. We're called and said and told, do something with what I've, been given, what I've given you. Anyways, think about it with me and know that the Lord is listening. And the Lord is hearing your cry and sees your pain and knows that you're upset about a variety of things perhaps. People have given up perhaps on prayer or on talking to God because they prayed for things for, for years, for decades, or in a critical time in their life, they prayed for something really hard and they did not get it exactly the way they hoped to get it. And since then, there was a break and they never spoke to God again. Ever since. They may have gone to church, even received communion, but they have never really spoken to God again. It's not about having prayers answered. It's about praying. 
trusting that the Lord's answer is the best all the time in his infinite wisdom for all parties involved. So please think about this. Think of the legacy. What is it that we want to leave behind? What is it that we want to leave behind? We're called to pass on that baton faithfully. Let us pray and, and insist and seek unity and avoid the characteristics of those who are not citizenships, citizens of heaven. St. Paul says, you are citizens of heaven. That is our citizenship and that is our calling. And glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.